Welcome to Three Little Things, a natural health podcast. We've created this space to help you positively navigate the world of holistic and natural well-being, where each week we will explore something new and dive into a diverse range of holistic health topics from all walks of life. As chiropractors, we're equally passionate about helping educate, share and empower you on your well-being journey. Created with you in mind, Three Little Things aims to bring you digestible topics and applicable tools and strategies to help you grow, thrive, and live well. So let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode on the Three Little Things podcast. My name is Sarah and I'm joined with Lily, my co-colleague. Um, and we're going to have another amazing episode today with a, another incredible guest, but we'll get to Michelle in a second. Um, our podcast is really, we want it to be just a platform that you guys can come to, you can pick a couple of episodes and really gain some really applicable tools and strategies that you can then take into your everyday life. So this is another episode that we're going to unpack some really amazing concepts and in hope that you guys can take some of that stuff into your life, into your kid's life or into your friend's life. So Lily, tell us a little bit about the podcast what it started and, and yeah, where we see it going. Right, so we began this late last year during the last lockdown actually and actually it came through some frustration of, of mine to be honest and gee I'm such a calm relaxed person that how could I ever be frustrated but there I was frustrated because I was listening to so much bad news on the radio, on the TV and all around me. And so I decided I wanted to have some kind of platform where we could actually give out good information, good solid research, but in a magazine type format. So, so simplified um, scientific terms so that we learn then um, how to think, not what to think. So any extra research can be done with some um, background knowledge. So we have a philosophy of the triad of health. So that's um, biomechanical or physical biochemical and then mental emotional so we feel that all those three things need to be addressed in everyone's health and well-being and therefore the human can be um, the best human possible so we brought into words we brought into um, everyday use words like homeostasis um, vagal tone um, the immune system um, upregulate downregulate parasympathetic sympathetic the homunculus amygdala and many many more so we hope this is um well this is season two now and we hope that our followers have um um got some value from all the different guests we've had now today's guests i feel encompass well encompass all those three things of the tribe of health um i love yarning to michelle i mean michelle as you will um see soon um she can speak um, above water and underwater, I think, <laughs> so out of and in water. And um, when you hear Michelle, you know why I've always had such great respect for her and I'm just busting to, um, to have a, a good yarn today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too, Lily. I think when we get into it, yeah, I think our listeners are going to understand where you come into it with the full triad, which is going to be quite a you know, wholesome episode, I think. So, Michelle, kick us off. Um, I want you to tell our listeners a little bit about you, who you are, and yeah, what you've done with yourself. Well, thanks, Lil. That was a lovely introduction. Mm-hmm. I'm very honoured to be here. Um, my, I've sort of been an outdoor, fun-loving kid, um, had a bit of trauma in my life, but then went into... Um, sports coaching because I always loved the outdoors and sport, did sports science, specialised in sports coaching, swimming coach, been doing that for 30 years on and off between family and travel and everything like that. So I love what I do, very passionate. I think you've got to when you get up at quarter past four in the morning. Um, I love mornings anyway, mornings are the best time for me. I'm more productive obviously, Um, well I think I am. (laughs) And um, yeah, just have a love for the outdoors and life and people and trying to get the best out of people and that's probably my philosophy as a swim coach you know not only make them great swimmers but great people and and really look after that individual and get the best out of them yeah whether it is a minor you know swimming for school or swimming wherever they may be you know just in the ocean pool learn to swim adults you know they just never swim and then you work with them and you get the best out of them it's just so rewarding so yeah mm-hmm. not for me it's for them yeah mm. and you said obviously you've got that background and love for sport and being outdoors and what yeah. sort of led you down that path of specializing in the coaching world yeah I remember I always wanted to be a PE teacher because I didn't know that sports science was out there because it was very new in our day but I never wanted to be at school like teach at school because I really didn't like school so I said I don't want to be in the school I'm working at one now but I do I do love it in the respect that I'm coaching but um, and I remember the careers advisor saying 
uh, what do you want to do? And I said, I, I want to be a PE teacher, but I don't want to do that in the schools. And he goes, how about this, sports science? And there was exercise science, uh, exercise physiology, sports coaching and rec servicing. And I go, oh, sports coaching, that's it. So, yeah, I went to uni and did that. And we were like one of the first years to go through as sports science and because it was associate diploma and then it became a bachelor, but I'd had enough of study by then. So I got out, but then I did a diploma of sports coaching when I was down the Institute of Sport as a swimming coach on a scholarship. And then, um, yeah, it's just gone from there. So it was awesome, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And where did you sort of navigate into swimming? Was that your sport growing up? Yeah, as well? well, yeah. No, I did everything. I never yeah. specialised. I mean, I was school champion swimming, but and I represented the school in state swimming, netball, basketball. You name it, we played everything. Did musical instruments. Did everything. We were very, very privileged. Lived street back from the surf, so we were always at the beach and just had a great childhood, just with sport and outdoors and that. And um, yeah, I love the water. Yeah. So I just love the water, and yeah. I knew that. And I always remember watching the Commonwealth Games and Olympics when I was young, like Michelle Ford and yeah. all those swimmers and just going, oh, wow, that's amazing. And, yeah, and I do remember having a swimming coach because this is a funny story. I actually got a month's swimming training for my birthday present because mum and dad didn't want to give one one kid, so they were very fair, fair parents still out of this day, but didn't want to give one kid swimming coaching and not the others but so that it was too expensive in our day so we did sort of the sports that were a bit cheaper mum and dad taught us tennis and swimming and a lot of other stuff as well but um i, I remember um rob and um he got me out of the pool one day and he said i want you to march like this because back then it was distance swimming, it was just one kick you know not this six beat flutter kick and stuff like that for distance swimmers and he got me out and marched me i'll never forget it and um he was always so positive, but I only did a month. I wanted to continue, but anyway, didn't do that. But anyway, just did every sport under the sun. But yeah, yeah I think that, you know, watching the Olympics, watching the Commonwealth Games, having a coach just for that month takes so much interest in you and, and you, you know, got on with him. And, and I had a great PE teacher, Karen Dalton, the mm, basketball, Olympic wow. basketball. She was my PE teacher. And uh, she was awesome. I loved her. And she goes to my mum, will we ever make a lady out of her? <laughs> no. <laughs> the word. In so, short. Yeah, I was a bit of a tomboy, you know, yeah. one of three girls, a bit of a tomboy, but that's all right. So, you know, yeah. Michelle, the word that comes to my mind is modesty. <laughs> I've known you for a long time, yeah. right? And I didn't know any of this. Oh, really? There you go. Wow. Because yeah. um, And I can talk. But talk <laughs> about a high achiever. I mean, you you have not let any of that out. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know whether I am a high achiever. I, I think I was a perfectionist when I was younger, but I don't know whether I was. Like, this is the question. This is how I question myself all the time. But um, I don't think I am because I get scared, and I think it's scared of failure, which I've always mm. been. I've never dealt with that. So I don't think I am a high achiever. Yeah, but you don't... <laughs> um, do you ever cast your mind back 30 years? Because you've been a swim coach, as you say. Yeah, um, since 89, 90, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's oh, look, a big I've, career. Yeah, it is. And on and off between family and casual coaching when I had kids and travelling and stuff like that. So I've probably only done half of it full time. But, yeah, I just, um, I just think it's just working with people. I love people. Mm. I'm a people mm. person and just getting the best out of them. So... Yeah, I wouldn't call myself a high achiever. I do things, I like to do things well, Yeah. and I like to please people, which isn't a good thing, but I like to do things well, you know, not mm. for me, but for others as well. And you come from the heart because there's a lot mm. of conscience there, right? Oh, yeah. 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 And so when you were with um, Forbes Carlisle, because that's who you Yeah, were, yeah, I worked so with them for 10 years, yeah. and then three years before I had children at Ride, yeah. And their philosophy is interesting, isn't it? Their motto... Yeah, amazing. And they're the things in life, you know, integrity, courage, discipline, you know, all those things. And But Urshler's was, you know, it, no one cares how much you know unless they know how much you care. I think it was Theodore Roosevelt, but yeah, Urshler gorgeous. used to always say that in her talks. And she was like that too. She is a beautiful, like, she's a beautiful lady. Um, yeah, still going today at 80, yeah. 86, 87, so yeah. Wow, and the mission statement, which I also loved, you know, yeah. um, what is it, our object is not to produce a champion, but to provide an atmosphere where champions are inevitable. However, swimming is a means to an end, to build self-confidence, self-discipline, integrity, and courage for life. And they're life skills, aren't they? Yeah. And that's what swimming, and I think that's why I love it, because you can teach those kids so much, even you know from a young age, even if they're in it for a short time. There's just so much discipline and life skills that come out of it, you know. Which brings to mind the kind of population that we see here, Sarah, mm. because um, we're a Northern Beaches practice, 
and I was having a chat to one of my colleagues yesterday who's not from the Northern Beach, she comes from a, you know, like, like oh, I'm not going to name the suburb because, you know, we don't want to sort of target anybody or have spray paint on their walls, you know, but um, it seems in particular the kids in our area are very motivated to achieve big goals in mm. sport, but to the point where um, they've damaged their bodies at a very young yeah. age. So mm. we have soccer players, you know, who have stress fractures and they're 12. I think I've seen it a lot, um, probably more so, you know, the last 10 years or 15 years, but you you do get those parents, and I can see it as a parent, that they want the best for their child, so they, you know, think that they're going to be Olympians and they think that, mm. but, you know, our job is to nurture these children, to keep them in the sport for a long time, and right. you, if you educate those parents, then you can get them, you know, on your side. So if you educate them and keep talking to them, communicating, communication's huge. You know, you can, they, if they understand your philosophy and what you're doing with their child, well, then you can get them on your side. But look, 90% of the parents are pretty good, 95%. Mm. You know, you might get one or two that just, you know, and you feel sorry for the kids sometimes. But yeah, it's, um, it is hard when they're young and they want to... Well, it's like spotting talent, right? I mean, yeah. you must see that kid in the pool and just go, wow. Yeah, you do. Um, that's a talented little person. Yeah. And then what do you do with that, you know? you just got to nurture them, you know. And yeah. as I said, you've got to talk to the parent and let them know that, well, you don't tell them that they're really talented, but, you know, if they want to go, oh, they should be up in the next squad or they should be doing... Well, listen, our philosophy here is, you know, technique first, keeping mm. them in that, keeping it fun when they're so young. You know, mm. and then the progression of the squads or the progression of the program, so they can understand that. Mm. Yeah, I remember. I so I have a background in elite netball. Yeah. Um, I was very similar to you. I'm also one of three girls, and yeah, grew up playing every sport under the sun. I just yeah. we loved it. Um, but netball was sort of my my passion and my line. And I had some wonderful coaches in my time, and they share a very similar philosophy to you. And I had one coach in particular in my later years of netball when yeah it was becoming quite elite, and he was always person first. You know, it was. What, what are you, and you know, we had at that point, it was, you know, ranging anywhere between, between 18 and 25 years. So we had a, a diverse range of girls in the squad. And it was, you know, what does that person need right now, physically, mentally, emotionally as a person? Yeah. And yeah. how do we apply that to the game? And how do we apply that to exactly. the um, And that's exactly what I'm hearing with you, Michelle, mm. when you're talking. It's, okay, well, we have a 10-year-old child here swimming. Um, we're not going to put them into the same programs as we would an 18 year old to, yeah. to push them to get yeah. them to the Olympics as the youngest yeah. Olympian. You know, it's about yeah nurturing, as you said, that child at that age, at their life stage, and also probably where their parents are at too, in terms of their education yeah. and their knowledge and their thoughts and their goals for this child as well. Yeah. Um, and I think that all ties back into the triad of health that you mentioned at the beginning of the episode, Lily, because we, we're, we're all made up of that triad, right? And if we don't, I guess, deal with that first and that person first, they're never going to achieve the goals they want to achieve anyway. Yeah, Yeah. and the maturity thing is too, so you might have a really talented eight-year-old that could probably swim the next squad up, but the thing is if they're 10, 11, you sort of go, well, how's their maturity? And then, you know, I know it's not about being with your friends, but age is one just factor. It's not Mm. the the only factor, but there's lots of different factors, you know, as you said, um, mentally, physically, you know, um, all the, the, the triad as you're speaking about. So... Yeah, so you've, you've got to be aware of that as a coach and, and um, have your answers. Yeah, and also looking at the point where the child might want to give up, you know, because I think <laughs> you're nodding. Yeah, so... <laughs> well, the thing is, too, that that's right. The kids are energetic and enthusiastic and want to get there, but what happens when they're 15, 16, when, you know, developing and they've either met a boyfriend or their friends are socially or all this kind of stuff, and you go, well, you know what, I've done all these sessions you know, for too long, well, let's just hold them back a little mm. bit, get them through. But, oh, look, there is an age, too, where they have to do the work or mm. they don't go forward. And, um, you know, everyone's different with that as well. So, you know, I mean, girls develop, obviously, more than boys and mm. boys get stronger, girls develop, you know. And they. I know one girl when was at Carlisle, she didn't do a PB. She was, I think, 18 to 22, didn't do a PB, but she stayed in the sport. She's just about to give up. She's about 27, 28 now, but she stayed in the sport. She did PBs once she got through all that 18 to 22, 23 and yeah. started to do PBs again. So, you know, there is uh, mm. there is hope. I think also too, and like from my background as well, you know, 
as an athlete, you're always wanting to push and set goals and set PBs and hit them. Um, But I think if you can take that step back and that this is where I think a wonderful coach comes in like you, Michelle, and be able to give that athlete perspective of we're not just here for you to hit a PB, but where you're developing all of these amazing life skills, you're, you know, staying fit and doing all these incredible things athletically that, you know, sometimes we, we take out, as athletes, take our perspective away from that and we're just so Definitely. disciplined and focused on the goal. Yeah, and um, swimming is so accountable because the score is up on the exactly. board there. Exactly, so measurable, go, right? Oh, did I do a PB? Hey, let's think about the process. What did you do well? Yeah. Mm. And I did that on the weekend with these little 10-year-olds, you know. They're going, did I do a PB, Michelle? And I said, listen, what do you think you did well? And they go, my start. I said, it was brilliant, wasn't it? You did exactly what you were you were training for, you know. And, and then they go, oh, yeah, so you're sort of educated educating them on the process and the outcome fixes itself you know yeah. and, and whether they do a people or not it's not, and that's what you sort of say to them too your parents still love you no matter yeah. what it yeah. doesn't matter really you know mm-hmm. yeah so this is a very intelligent mature coach speaking. I was gonna say that, ah, yeah and that's, that's a powerful coach right yeah. like a coach that and you know we can put it back onto the other side when you've got some of these other coaches who you know might be talent spotting and looking for kids who have huge potential and amazing talent and are pushing them too soon too early mm. and too far um, and then we're leading to kids either dropping out of sport or you know really injured and having a lot of you know things like stress fractures or recurrent strains um, but there is a balance too because yeah. as you say like years ago you know you could kick kids out of the pool or throw kickboards at them and you know you could but you've it's a different world now mm. and you know, we say, yes, kids are getting soft. And sometimes you say that as a coach, oh, my God, they're so soft. Why can't they train harder? And, you know, but there's so much expectation of them nowadays. And, you know, this social media crap that I don't like. But, it, you know, there's all that kind of stuff. There's mm-hmm. pressures. And you see it and you go, the poor kids. But, you know, you also want to make sure there's this balance. Yes, they've got to work hard. But, yes, you've got to look after them. So it's a balance. Mm-hmm. It is this balance that I think's, I think it's out nowadays you know whereas back in our day it was simple yeah there was a balance you know so I have a theory um, <laughs> and shit me uh, but I I think it happened around super rugby time so so I remember you know yes. I'm an Asian person so you know I don't really get rugby <laughs> so I can remember watching super rugby I think it was probably in the late 80s is that when it happened and, yeah, think, and, yeah. and one of our neighbors actually is a very well-known um, footy player so I won't, I won't mention his name but he was the youngest um, wallaby and then the oldest kangaroo so anyway you know quite an illustrious player and I remember him talking about um, the money they were being given mm-hmm. and luckily this this young person as he was then had an economics degree so he actually put it you know in the right places yeah, and, yeah. and so yeah. on but he said lots of the young dudes right. um, blew it you yeah. know and then he was also recounting how his father played for Australia in rugby league or union whichever the game is um, and the older um, man that you know is the father of this guy said back in the day they weren't just footy players you know they might have been butchers in the daytime right. you know builders yeah. you know office workers whatever and they came at night and played some rugby well back in the day mm. some swimming coaches would coach in the morning their teachers during the day mm. there's only a few that do it nowadays coach in the afternoon so they had set because you don't make money in swimming coaching or swimming unless you're right at the top but mm. Yeah, and that's what happened too. And I even remember Greg Welch, top triathlete back in the day in the 80s. And he used to train, get up at 3 or 4am, mm. train, world champion, unbelievable guy, go and do his trade and then train again. So he'd be training from 4 till 7 or 6.30 or even 3 to 7 and then 4 to 8 at night. Yeah. As soon as he finished and worked all day as a physical you know, just driven. Yeah, and that's that raw discipline, right? Yeah. And that's what I think as an athlete, you want to bring that out of an athlete, yeah. but give them perspective yeah, and help them navigate those pressures yeah. and expectations too, yeah. right? Yeah. Which, as you say, is a balance. I think it's harder coaching today. I really yeah. do. Oh, I think it's very hard. you yeah. know, you have all this um, social media yeah. going on. Yeah. How many likes and followers? Yeah. It seems that the essence of sport is almost not there. It's, it's for the love of the game or yeah. love of the sport, mm. like swimming, as you say. Yeah, you got to love it. The love of the likes, you know, it's mm. it's um, a bit topsy turvy, maybe. I don't know, yeah. but at least swimming is a really useful occupation. I mean, everyone should swim. I mean, who needs to who needs who needs to pole vault over a fence? You know? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's well, yeah, it's a life skill, isn't it? You know, yeah. everyone 
should learn to swim. That's mm. right. Mm. It's, it's an asset for so life. That's pretty satisfying. Yeah. But do you find, Michelle, that sometimes you know you see a kid who's a little bit short or, you know, you know how Thorpe had those massive feet, yeah, yeah, they're almost yeah. like flippers, yeah. right? So I mean, clearly his advantage in his body yeah, he was built was superior. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was. Now there's got to be a time when. Um, Structure does matter, would you mm, say? Yeah, definitely. You can only yeah. go so far. Exactly right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they got long arms, Lil. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can remember when Amy was trying out for the reps, my, my daughter, who was about five foot two, <laughs> and they were looking at the parents along oh, the sideline, yeah. and it's like, mother, 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 you know, all around six foot, and then mother, me, you know, around yeah. five foot, and then more mothers around six foot, and they yeah. went, clearly she won't grow much yeah. taller. Um, how do you tell a kid that? <laughs> you can't. You can't. You yeah. know, you just got to get the best out of the individual. But yeah. as coaches, you do know. You, mm. you know, as you said, you see the parents, you know, mm. the kids are not going to get much further. But, and I, this is one of my favourite quotes, hard work beats talent unless talent's working hard. Yeah. And it's Whoa. so true. Okay. It's so true. It's like, quote, and yeah. I've seen, I remember I like this that. guy, I think it was um, Trent Steed. He was a 400 IM, a tiny little guy. This is way back in the 80s. And um, he was an Australian swimmer, but he was so gutsy, but little guy, but he, he was gutsy as, and he he just worked so hard that he got to the Australian teams, you know? Mm. So it, it is possible, but it's hard. It is yeah. hard. Yeah, it is hard. And some of the women too were tiny, weren't they? Was um, mm. Trickett quite small or? Yeah, she was average. average she was average, yeah. yeah, but not like Kate Campbell. So yeah. yeah, she's, yeah, she's beautiful, that. yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so you can tell, but you can't. I wouldn't say it as a coach, but you know. Could you repeat that quote? That was Jeff. Yeah, hard work beats talent, unless talent's working hard. Hmm. Do you have any motivational books you read? or? Any? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've got them all over my desk at home. My, one of my favourite is the secret, to, uh, the secret to Genius is Never Losing Your Enthusiasm. No, what is it? The Secret to Genius is Never Losing Your Enthusiasm which means always staying young or something like that. So, yeah. Mm. And, yeah. and who are these people? Are they um, other swim coaches that you've read or...? Oh, no, I just have quotes from everywhere. Mm. Or, you know, when I used to go to yoga, I used to love quotes that they had on the mirrors and I'd go home and type them up and put them on my... on my wow. um, Yeah, on my, on my desk. So, yeah. Mm. You see, that's the follow-through, Michelle. Mm. Yeah. You know, a lot of times people see the finished product, don't they? They see... Mm. They see the athlete who's the finished product yeah. or, or the, the starting race or whatever they're doing or the swimming coach who knows what she's talking about, yeah. but they don't see all the background yeah. work. Yeah, Like yeah. you go home oh. and type it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and stick it on my desk. But I also read a lot of autobiographies. I love autobiographies. Mm. I collect them. Mm. And um, they're just brilliant because I just love seeing the reading the, what they've been through in their lives and, and, you know, then how they come out. And it's just so inspirational. Like, mm. you know, they're, they're fantastic. I love autobiography. So they also motivate me as well. Mm. Love that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I love quotes. And this is like we're sort of tapping in at the moment to that sort of more mental side of the um, triad of health. And I think that's probably, for me, I think one of the most powerful Definitely. aspects of, yeah. of sport in yeah. sport is yeah. that mental side. Um, so talk yeah. us through how you help navigate well, that and match that in your in your kids. I mean, every athlete's individual, I guess. But look, if you've done the work, at the end of the day, when you're on the block, it's mental. Mm. You know, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to stand up tall, stick your chest out, know that you've done more than everybody else. And I don't know how many athletes can can do that. You mm. know, maybe at the top level, you know, I've done more than everybody else, and I'm I'm going to win this. You know, but um. Yeah, it's... How do you help the child? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, so how do you, yeah. like, you know, obviously, yes, your job is to coach them in the pool and do the physical and the hard and the training work. Yeah. But there comes a time where there's a mental side too, as you said, you know, you have to be able to stand on those blocks and be confident yeah. and know that you've got the confidence and the ability to win that race. Yeah. Um, yeah so right. has that come down to you with the kids? Yeah, the I just, do I don't you... have anything set. Yeah. Like, I don't have anything set. It's, it's such an individual thing that I guess... When you coach someone, you know what they, how they tick or how yeah. they work. So you know what works for them. You know their strengths and weaknesses over time. So you, you sort of know whether you have to talk about swimming or yes. whether you don't, don't. before yep. the block, whether they need to read music. Or, you know, I find the kids that are just airheads are the ones that just can perform because they don't worry about things, you know. They just get up and go. Yeah, the, the ones that are like highly like intense like me, yeah. <laughs> that they overthink it, yeah. which I do. And, yeah. and I, I know that some of those kids, they overthink it. So therefore they get on the block and their mind and all of a sudden 
they can't produce anything yeah. because they didn't just let it happen. And, and you hear so many athletes say that when they say, oh, tell us about your best race. I remember Susie O'Neill saying it. They go, I don't know, it just happened. I I it just happened. Yeah. You know, you just... It's so innate. Yeah, yeah it is. And I think, as I said, those kids that are just so carefree and laid back, mm. like, you know, they're good. But I like the kids that overthink it because you can challenge them as well, you yeah. know. So, But, yeah, it's an individual thing of what makes them tick, their strength mm. and weaknesses, what we've worked on, and, and pick something. You don't have to say much. If you say yeah. too much, you know, sometimes I go, oh, I think I said too many things, Michelle, to them. Just say one thing mm. because... It's all done now. You don't just, they just got to get up and do it, you yeah. know? So, well, yeah. it's, it's an art form, right? It's, it's a definitely crime because yeah. there's no um, one, two, three to ten. That's right. I mean, I, I guess some coaches may have what, but I, it's just so individual that yeah. everyone's an individual that you've got to make sure that you know what, what well, they I've, are or who I've they are. I've known you for a long time, so I said, you know, so I've heard you take kids to state and nationals yeah. and so yeah. on. And it must be like hurting shapes sometimes you know like getting them all into the one space and saying okay got your goggles everybody yeah, they're pretty good though yeah. that's what you educate them through the ranks so by that time they're pretty good you know they know how to pack how to look after yeah. themselves I mean some still leave their stuff lying around everywhere but um, they're pretty good when you get to that level you yeah. know it's just a matter of that mental side of keeping them and that's where you as a coach you can't have your emotions mm. you've got to be you know that's the same person you are all yeah, the time so yeah. I try and keep it you know make them laugh because that's my yeah. sort of motto in life to mm, make someone mm, laugh mm. every day and if I can get a smile on their face and make them laugh or just keep them calm coming from me um <laughs> yeah well then you've done your job you know so yeah. it's it's just a matter of you staying calm and and that's the thing I am with that. It, mm. It's so bizarre. Yet if that was my child, I'd be a nutcase. <laughs> I wouldn't, yeah. Welcome to motherhood. Yeah. <laughs> so then, um, you know, several Olympics back when the Aussie team bagged, I think, two or three gold medals rather than the expected yeah, yeah, 20, yeah, you know, yeah. or 100. And there was this big media beat up about, oh, yeah. we, we lost the Olympics. I know. That's I just terrible, went, that is tragic. Media, hey? Yeah, because, it is. Because how does an athlete take so-called failure, you know? Well, I think, I mean, I haven't coached at that level, but I'm pretty sure that they would get um, educated in how to deal with the media and how to take those things on. And you hear a lot of them say, I'll just switch off my social media. Mm. Cause, so they're smart enough to be able to do that, but I think they're educated at that level to be able to handle it. But some people, as you said, like, you know, I can coach a, a, a boy athlete tell come on mate get going like this but if you said that to a girl she'd cry but then you could have a girl that you could say that to and not a boy so mm. you know everyone's different again mm, yeah. and um and and I think yeah they get so, educated on how to take those yeah and okay the word failure is, a, is not a, I mean I've never quite liked that word but no because no in, in any race there's only one winner you know so everybody else lost actually you yeah know, that's how you want to see it yeah um so do some people take it I mean, you've played netball at a high level, you know, you've played a lot of sport. How does one take that word? Yeah, I, I actually use it. It's not for me, which mm. is terrible because I don't believe I handle failure well. But, yeah, I probably don't say it to the athletes, you know, mm. that you failed. Um, you just sort of go, well, what, what did you do well? Why are you unhappy? What went wrong? How can we change that? Or what do you think you could do better, you know? And sometimes you've got to sandwich it as well, you mm. know, something positive, negative, positive. But so they don't sort of pick up on that negative. But, yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough one. But, um, yeah, look, they might think they're a failure and they might say that. But, yeah, you say don't use that word. I don't want to hear that word. No one's a failure. Mm. But this is the thing going back to, as you say, there's only one winner. And, yes, there is. And this is the thing that back in our day, and this is a funny thing, I love it, when we used to play past the pass, yes. we had one winner. Yes. And I and now, when I had pass the pass with my kids, I had one winner. And all the parents would be going like this because everyone has a winner. I said, sorry, that's not right. Yeah. And even even um, at carnivals, it's quite funny because some kids go to me, oh, mum said if I do a PB, I'm going to get 50 bucks. And I went, excuse me? And then I just went, oh, my goodness, I didn't want to hear that, you know, but look... Yeah, I can't tell someone how to parent, but that's just mm. 
my upbringing, I think, because my parents just gave us such a wonderful upbringing and so fair and grounded that, you know, you know what's right and what's wrong. But, look, everyone's different. You don't judge people. But, yeah, yeah it's... But that's, it's what, that's what I think one of the biggest, one of the most wonderful lessons in sport is, is that you don't always get what you want. Exactly right. And in that, life. In life. Well, that's what I mean. Life, like, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's black and white on the sporting exactly. field. Exactly. Or in the pool or wherever wherever we are. Yeah. But that's, the, that's one of the life lessons, right? And so I think when you can... When kids have, when, well, even even in practice, you know, seeing kids that have played sport, they have that concept, most yeah. of them, have that idea of, I'm not always going to be given what I want. Yeah. Or there's not always going to be a reward for doing yeah, something good. Right. Right? Yeah, that's right. And that's exactly. a good lesson to learn too, because exactly. getting a PB is amazing, and you it should is. be able to have that self-internal exactly. celebration. And but it's not really about that at the end of the day, is not, it? You know exactly. what I mean? So it's, yeah. it's one of the many aspects that that yes, okay, they're always happy with the PB, but we're happy because you executed this dive or this underwater mm. work that we've been working on in training yeah. so well. Yeah. yeah so. But you know, it does come down to um, the community. So the community that you've created, Michelle, is, it is. is the one, culture. Yes, a culture. Um, you know, and, and I don't feel some cultures do that. You know, they, they have favorites, you know, they mm. have the little, little pets. Um, Do you know what I always say too? You're only as good a coach as your worst swimmer, mm. because people send those good swimmers are always going to be good, aren't they? Mm. They no matter it's, anyone can coach them, so you know you're sort of only as good as your worst swimmer. A lot of coaches mightn't agree with that, but that's how I coach. So and, and coaches have a lot of power because um, at a certain stage in a child's life, they're very absorbent to to comment. Yes, and and they look up to you guys, you know. So I think it's a very powerful position, and and they listen to their coaches more than their parents, and, mm. and rightly so. But um, I can see how the wrong coach can make someone's yeah. life a misery. Yeah, mm. and and it's more about uh, we we say that's what selling the dream to them, like selling selling the sport, as in you know making them feel good, making them you know after a swimming session they've had fun, they've enjoyed it, they feel great when they hop out of the water. Um, you don't have to always have fun, but yes, it is important to, to enjoy what you do because sometimes you've got to do the work. Do you know what I mean? And and I can see it um, in in your three little things at the end, you know, which is all about being part of this group, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. And then I've been very lucky in a lot of programs I've worked in. The, the head coach and um, the culture of the team and the way they bring it together is just amazing. Mm. You know, it's a mm. big thing. And it's, it is. It's a community of culture and, and it comes from the great leader, you know, yeah. because they have great values and this is how they want it and everyone follows. Yeah. And this is why this is a circular discussion, but the whole modesty thing, because a lot of coaches want to have their name up in lights, really, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, yep. um, unless they have a really outstanding child or human, yeah. how are, like any coach, you know, tennis coaches? Yeah, look, and, and, and you know, that's the ego thing, isn't it? And you sort of go, look, I think, when you start coaching you get so excited and you sort of go oh yeah I'd love to do that and love to do this but you realize it's it's no look you love it because you you do it because you love it but you're doing this for others like they're the ones and at the end of the day they're the ones that have got to do it you're just guiding them but at the end of the day they've got to stand up and do it well mm-hmm. that's how I see us actually we're a community service yes we're providing a community with, with well, our community with a service yeah and so I don't have any ego around what what I do yeah you know, but if the person can benefit then I just go great you know I, I was useful today that's you know? right yeah yeah, yeah and, I mean right now we're sponsoring this really cool little kid um, at DY, she's a surfer. I remember you saying. Probably yeah. one minus saying. No, she was okay. Not. Yeah. Um, Izzy, Izzy Higgs, and um, the reason why we're sponsoring her is because me, old lady out there surfing, um, she was giving me waves one day. You know, I'm just oh. thinking because she could have taken every wave because I'm such a you know slow paddler. Blah blah blah. How but old is she, Lil? She's 13. she's now thirteen or thirteen. And what respect? She yeah. was just twelve when I met her. Yeah, and kids don't have that anyway. Today. You know, so she came out of the surf, and I came out of the surf, and her mother was there. And um, back in the day, Anthony, my husband, used to sponsor Pam Burridge. You know, so yep, so Pam. you know we love our surface. Um, and he and Mark makes all our boards. So anyway, um, I said to her mum, she's such a nice kid. Um, is she competing? And she said, yeah, no, she's done some competitions. I said, would you like a sponsor? Anyway, um, long story short, she eventually came into our practice almost by accident yeah. because she was seeing the physio force and some ankle stability issues. 
I mean, after her first adjustment, she won the next cup by about 14 points. Oh, yeah, didn't she? she did. But anyway, I said to her mum, I'm not sponsoring her because I think she's going to win competitions. I said, we're sponsoring her because I think she's a really nice person. She's a fantastic young kid, yeah. She's you know, and she's just such yeah, a great, great little chook, you know. Yeah, she, she is. Well, giving you ways, yeah. as I said, shows respect. And a 12, 13 yeah, young kid to show that respect is very gorgeous child, yeah. yeah. So, and that's what it is about, yeah. isn't it? It's about, as I said not only produce good swimmers or great swimmers but great people yeah that's what you want people first and And, well that's the thing right like sport is a limited career you know whatever sport you're in it's it's limited it is Um, and if you're I think if you can come out of that career as a wonderful person then sport's done its job but I also think too that it comes from your family background Mm. as well Mm. you know you've got good parents that have given you good values and yeah and that helps a lot yeah, too. Yeah, the whole thing is rather complex, you know, because our, our community, well, our society is quite vain, really, because if we know a sports person who is quite famous, we like to throw their name around, <laughs> don't we? You know, like, so-and-so and I, we're like this, you know, my yeah. fingers are crossed, you know. Yeah, definitely. So, so it's a funny little rub, that one. So it on is. one hand, I, I hear you. Yeah. We want a community full of people, you know, who are having fun doing yeah. the sport. But on the other hand, the community is using yeah. the champions. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, I guess know. they're role models too, aren't they? And, yeah. and if you know that's what you want to get the next generation through, you've got to have great role models, don't you? Mm. Or, or are we better people because we know someone famous? Oh, I don't know. Little, you question me there. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a. I don't think we are better people because we know no. someone famous. I think. Actually, I'll throw a very bad story in here because I was out surfing again. These are all my surfing <laughs> stories. And this is woman next to me, and she's putting her board away. And I go, oh, do you have a few good waves? She's go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, so um, you've been surfing long? And she said, oh, not so long. Da, da, da. I see a sign on her car. What does the sign say? What's her business name, Sarah? Um, I don't know. Chick surfing. No, no, no. no. Co- it was... Co- um, some coaching. I don't want to say her name, but yeah. her brand yeah. is her name. Yeah. Anyway, so I go, oh, so um, so you play netball? And she said, yes. I said, oh, at a very high level. And she said, um, for Australia. <laughs> I said, um, <laughs> so um, so what's your name again? And she said, Liz Ellis. I went, oh, sorry. Yeah, no, and my friend really, was next to yeah. me just laughing her head off because I don't know any famous yeah, people. Right. Yeah, right. I know yeah, you yeah. now, Michelle. I'm not famous <laughs> now. But, but, I mean, I don't know Liz personally, so I, I can't vouch for this from her point of view. But I would suggest that those types of people, so Liz Ellis, who's, you know, captain Australia, mm. captain the Diamonds, the Aussie netball team, <laughs> See, and had a, an amazing career yeah. in netball and, a, yeah, a fantastic lady. She would have loved that because yeah, she's she, not yeah. there, you know, and most exactly. of these athletes aren't there to be famous. They're not in their sports because they want to be a celebrity or they want to be famous. They're there because they love their, they love their sport. Yeah, and they worked hard no, to get where they worked hard yeah. to get so there. What I'm saying is that maybe, and yeah. definitely from the inside out, but what I'm trying to say from the outside in, yeah. people are still using them as, so my friend just goes, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know that was Liz Ellis? I go, no. I do now, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. where she would have loved the story because, you know, yeah. she, she, you know, she, idolizes her you know yeah, yeah yeah so she would have said oh me and liz were having a surf together you know blah 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 yeah <laughs> so, anyway I know just a mean. story yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. but I, I think it did an amazing job because i actually know some of the kids who you coach and um they do love the bits out of you michelle well as i said too i think i've said in my points is um that if I can get something out of one kid or they can take something through their life that I've taught them while well, I've done my job because yeah. that's what, as a coach for me, um, you know, you do love what you do. I love working with people, I love working with kids and getting the best out of them. But if they can remind, like, say, oh, yeah, I learned this from this coach or this coach taught me this and just go, wow, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I've done a job, my job. So, yeah. So, so my friend yesterday said to me, um, please ask Michelle this question. So I said I would. And that is um, how to quit. Yeah, you know? it's tough. Yeah. yeah, it is tough. Yeah, you see it all the time that with swimmers they quit and they come back. Mm. Because they've had it. It's such a, it's a very hard sport. You know, they're seven days or six days a week, training mm. eight, ten times a week. You know, carnals on weekends. Mm. So their whole life has been that. And they've got their team as well. Like it's such an individual sport, but it's a team and a culture as well. And they all know what each one's going through. So mm-hmm. they've gone through this for most of their life because they're only young, a lot of them, when they quit. Um, or 18, 19, not a lot of them make through to, you know, 28, 30. But um, 
yeah, it is hard. But I think as a coach, you've got to say, well, you'll know when the right time is. Have a break, see what happens, and if you feel you're missing it, come back. Some do, and then they realise, you know what, it's not for me anymore. And I think because that's all they've had, they've got to find something else. Mm -hmm. So the ones that quit, they're still at school or whatever, they might be at uni, but they haven't found another passion. And then a few kids that I used to coach at Carlisle, like, you know, one's found golf, one's found karate, one's found this to their older athletes in their 20s, but they've found something else. Yep. So that, that, and I think that helps when they find something else, another purpose, is mm. it? That's what they call it. Good word, yeah. yeah. Because I think the whole is quite topical right now because of Ash Barty um, yes. retiring. Yeah. But I will say that, um, so I have got a friend who is a um, recruitment um, manager and um, she recruits for high end yep. um, firms. And her big thing is, well, what sport did you play? You know, oh, you're a swimmer. And straight away she just goes, right, you would have had the the guts to get up at five mm, yeah, in the exactly. morning, train yeah. your butt off twice yeah. a day, you yeah. know, put yourself out there, eat properly. Yeah. And that actually looks really good on a CV for, um, for yeah. being, you know, purposeful. I used, I used mm. to find a lot of the athletes, as swimmers, are like very intelligent and they can juggle getting, I mean, they're, they're high achievers. They can juggle doing this, you know, hard, rigorous training as well as doing double degrees, you know, mm. as well. So they really, because yeah. they're so disciplined in time management because yeah. of what they've had to do. But I also take my hat off to the parents. They have to get up at four in the morning yeah. and then go to work full time. And then, yeah. you know, so they're, yeah. they're doing it with them, you know. You've got to be yeah. dedicated. So yeah. I always make sure the kids thank their parents. That's one thing as well, you know. Make sure you thank your mum and dad for what they do because they do it because you love it and they mm. love you. So, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I want to sort of divert us back down a, a bit of a pathway which we touched on before but I think is is we're getting more light on this in, in the media and that is mental health in sport yeah um, so we touched on how important it is to have a strong mental mindset and to nurture that as the, as our athletes are developing so that they can get on the blocks and and have a good race yeah. and just you know let it happen but I think with expectations and probably now social media as well highlighting that a lot more but mental health in sport is a big topic um, and it's something that needs to be addressed and needs Definitely. to be spoken about and I think everybody, regardless of sport, has their own mental health stories and experiences. Definitely. Um, so I guess as a coach, obviously you would see that every single day. Is Yes and no. Um, like I, because I've had mental struggles myself throughout my life, you sort of can pick it up, but you can't because it's something that's so well hidden. I, yeah. I remember someone saying it, and it's so true, it says... It's so debilitating, but it's so well masked. Yeah. And it, it's true. It is because you can, your pride can get the better of you and go, no, I'm not going to say anything to anyone, da 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 and, um, and I know that happened to me a lot. And then by the time I was just, I was really bad and my parents saw it and dragged me in and, you know, clinical depression, it was really tough. But you don't, you don't see a lot because exercise is one of the best things for mental, but I know what you're saying, like a... I still don't think it's talked about a lot, um, but I worry when I see someone down, I go, oh my God, I hope they're all right, you know, like this, but I'm probably over mm. because I've been through it. But sometimes you can't pick it either, yeah. you know, that they're not doing well mentally. So mm. it's a tough one. I, I, I do believe it's a tough one. So just briefly speaking to that, because I went to this great little conference yesterday, which is all on nutritionals. And the um, chief scientific officer was talking about um, mental health actually yeah. coming out of the last two years and how much more prevalent it is. And some philosophy within the mental health industry regarding sitting with it. Mm. So letting it come. Yeah. So rather than being shit scared of it and just going, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm having depression. Just, yes. Just slide gently into it. Yeah being supported of course yes. held yes and sitting with it yeah and I think that's what where I came yeah. from as well that I was always fearful of it and mm. even after kids with postnatal depression I was so fearful of this thing and I think I wrote acceptance and, and mm, until you yeah. accept something you yeah. cannot move forward acceptance is key and and sometimes I think I'm 90, 95% there, but sometimes you go, oh, hang on a minute, am I like, you know what I mean, that do you accept it and, and can you move forward? But um, 
Yeah, so, I know what you're saying. So mm. the, the couple of words which are going to drive me crazy, if I hear the word agile again, or pivot, <laughs> I'm going to scream, <laughs> or unprecedented, catastrophic, or oh, reaching yeah. out, okay? However, yeah. can I say that my mother had um, depression yeah. um, through her life, but as she got older, she learned how to I think you do. communicate. Yeah, to maturity. She, said, she would say to me, um, Lily, I think it's happening again. Yeah. And so she forewarned um, me, because yeah. I was one of her main support people, and I went, okay, I'm here. I'm here to catch you. Yeah. Okay, so, so we traveled through her depression yeah. um, together. Yeah, but I think it's actually tough. having, as you say, Michelle, the acceptance. Yeah. But then actually maybe throwing it up there to the person who you trust or the people, your team. Yeah. Um, tell your team yeah. um, it's happening. Well, my husband, I, I take my hat off to him. He's a real Aussie bloke, as you know. <laughs> But um, I always say to him, like, you know, he could have left millions of times. He could have, you know, walked away or whatever. But he's always, he doesn't say a lot, was I? But he, he um, yeah, he's always been, I'm going to cry. He's always been there, you know, and, and, you know, he's, I talk to him about it. He just listened. As I said, he doesn't say much. He just goes, okay, whatever, you know. And, and he's not, like, helpful in that. But the what he's probably the most helpful is that he's always, been there no matter yeah. what so he's seen my highs and lows accepting you know? too yeah. yeah well that's probably what it is because someone and loves sitting, you so much sitting that, yeah. with you yeah, yeah. because yeah. it's like giving birth you know i mean yeah. there's like a lot of things in life you know yeah. people can't do it for you they yeah. can't give birth for you but they can sit with you, you know? yeah so yeah. yeah but i remember giving him a book and saying when i first got diagnosed there you go read that if you want you don't have to and i left it on the table and he did read it and i went oh wow you know yeah. like that's well, amazing. Also, once you. Yeah, I yeah, know. There you go. That's powerful in itself, it is. right? And that's it that's is. the beautiful thing about community. Mm. So we can talk about it in personal experiences yeah. in our relationships because I could say sit here and say the exact same thing about my yeah. partner. Um, but we can talk about it also in the sense of community and sport. And you do that every single day for your athletes. Yeah. Mm. And you said it before, you're that stable person. Training day, game day, race day, you're the same person and you bring the same energy. Yeah. And that creates stability. And I think for our athletes and just for us as people, having those to, like stable pillars yes. in, our, in our community or in our circumstances is really powerful in mental health because yeah. it draws us back. Yeah. It takes us out of here and it brings us back to yeah, the Yeah, very true. Um, being, being a tribal leader, you know, because it is your tribe, Michelle. Mm, yeah. We all have um, tribes that we all belong to, but let's say society in general, there has to be touchstones people yeah. can go to who they trust. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 But I, even on my morning walks, and uh, this elderly lady, and she goes through a tough time, and I always say, How are you? Are you okay? Mm. And she goes to my daughter, Oh, your mum's so wonderful. But just stopping mm. and talking to someone, and the guy, Tony, who walks in where he's got the hello shirt and all it is is about mental health and well-being and he is a great man. He's got people on these t-shirts. I've even got one. You know, just say hello to someone. Yeah. Just say hello. You never know how you could change their day. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So you Absolutely. just say hello, how are you going? And um, some people just blurt it out because they yeah. haven't got anyone else to talk to. So yeah. you sort of go, how can I help? Yeah. How can I help? Yeah. You know, so that's what I always seem to say. How can I help mm. my own worst enemy? Yeah, I had a really wonderful um, <laughs> mindset coach who came in and did some work with us when um, through netball. Very similar thing. Her philosophy was, you know, we categorize emotions into good and bad, and yeah. that's a detriment to us because you know you might be angry or you might be really sad or you might be feeling depressed, and we automatically go that's a bad or that's a negative emotion. Yes. But if you can have that emotion, and we've you guys have both beautifully touched on it, and sit it. with it, acknowledge it, accept it you can then move through it. I think that's what yoga teaches you too. And I always remember the yoga teachers saying, you know, let your mind wander. Mm. Doesn't matter, let it go. When you come back, just go to your breath, it's okay. But let it go, like just go with it, come back, you yeah. know, and you come mm. back to your breath or whatever. But yeah, yeah, very true. Yeah. Look, I hope a lot of um, your kids hear this and the cultures that mm. are around, of course, you know, and, and parents. I think this is going to yeah. be very... Um, important podcast yeah. Michelle. thank you i think also just in saying that with that mental health is just letting people know you're there yeah and just say you know if you need me i'm here you know don't be afraid to talk to me or mm. you know come and get me if you need something so mm. yeah and we've got three little things that you might want to share with us yeah i think um there's so many things i mean i was listening to bear grills his was an amazing podcast and he said the three f's um, family first and that's one thing my dad and mum always did family first um, faith whether whatever it may be you know he gets down and says 
um, thank you and sorry every morning. He just does that. He said, whatever it may be, your faith, whatever you believe in, if you don't believe in anything, just but thank you and, and, and whatever, and then fun. Mm. And mine are, you know, with the mental wellness, being kind to yourself. And, and that's a hard thing to do because I don't think I'm kind to myself, but I'm kind to others. Well, I try to be. So kind to yourself first and others because, as everyone says, if you look after yourself mm. first and you can look after everyone else. But I think I look after everyone else well. I'm starting to say, well, I can't. I always say yes to everything, so I'm hopeless. But I'm also grateful. I think when you're in, it's very hard when you're in, like, not in a great mental state because you don't, it's one thing that I remember, it's very selfish, but you don't mean to be. Mm. It's a very selfish thing because it's all about you, but it's because you're in your your head. And, And I remember going to a psychologist once and she said, what's something you hate about this? I said, it's not me because it's very selfish and she said what's what have something you've got out of it and I said I've learned so much about myself that's a positive so it was really really um a great conversation I had with her but um but if you're grateful for what you've got and what's around you and mm. you know your health and and my dad he's written a beautiful poem for us years ago in 1905 and I still got it to this day um gifts to my children it talks about health and happiness first I would give and then an agile mind and to accept, not react, to act, not react and to accept people. And it's just a beautiful poem. But, yeah, I think if you can be grateful, kind, grateful. And the third one was fun. Mm. Make someone laugh, have fun, try and enjoy something every yeah. day. Because when you're not in a great mental state, you, you don't enjoy things, mm. you know, and it's very hard to find that. Um, so that's they're, they're hard ones when you're not in a great mental state. But I think they can help you appreciate how good your life really is you know but it's when you when you're in a bad mental state it's it's very difficult Mm. Mm. wow yeah amazing i think we covered so much in that episode and i can think of so many people that would benefit from this you know our athletes that we see in practice their parents first and foremost um but i think just you know and we touched on it but sport is just so beautiful in creating life skills and Um, yeah, so I think everybody can take something from this episode. So thank you very much for sitting with us and um, giving us your time. Um, I know our listeners are going to love that. And look up for Michelle's um, own podcast, which will be um, yeah. sometime <laughs> in the future. Let's hope. Thanks so much for having me. It was fantastic. Thank you, A quick disclaimer. These episodes are not intended to replace help, treatment or advice from your healthcare professionals. The information in today's podcast is purely for educational purposes and is not designed to diagnose or treat any conditions. This is just a friendly reminder that we do not know you or your child or those around you and therefore do not know your specific needs. Please seek guidance from your healthcare professionals surrounding your concerns.